You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Alan Aguirre with the Chameleon Church Show. Hello, you're watching the Chameleon Church Show, Biblical Antidotes for the Modern Man. I'm coming live and direct to you from northern Utah, the Wasatch back. It is November 16th. That's right. We are halfway through November. It's Thanksgiving sooner than later. Uh, and if you're one of those Torah people that don't keep Thanksgiving, I'm sorry. There's probably a whole bunch of other stuff you don't know what to do about either. And we're probably going to get to some of that today. Hey, um, I was asked yesterday from someone. Uh, it was a sincere question. Do you guys do Thanksgiving? Absolutely, we do Thanksgiving. What we don't do is we don't do Christmas or Xmas, the Mass of Christ, because I'm not a Catholic. Uh, we don't do um, the uh, we don't do that whole what's it called? Um, I don't even know what it is. Because oh, Advent. I was very surprised to find out how many of my Protestant friends do Advent and all this all this stuff that they do. That's just like weird. Um, no, we don't do Advent. That's again, I'm not a Catholic. I'm not. I don't do a high church thing because I guess Lutheran and Methodist, I don't know who they are, but they do that stuff too. We don't do that. Uh, we don't do Easter. We don't do Easter. We don't do Lent. Oh, hell no. We're, we don't do that Lent stuff, no. Um, and we don't do uh, Halloween. But we do Thanksgiving. Uh, we do Hanukkah. We do Purim. We count the Omer. We do Passover. And we do the Feast of Leviticus 23 because those are the those are the holy days, the holidays God actually told you to do. And you've heard me say this before. If you still do Christmas and Easter, man, knock yourself out, literally. Um, but you should probably consider the fact that you should, you should probably be doing the feasts that God actually told you to do. I mean, right? I mean, don't do the ones man-made and not do God's. If you're going to do man's made stuff, shouldn't you also be doing what God told you to do? I remember talking to Chris Rosentrader about this stuff like in 1996, 97. Remember those days, Chris? Yeah, you were like, this guy's crazy. Let's get out of here. And then they jumped into like a, a car and drove away. <laughs> anyway, hey, Alan Aguirre, Chameleon Churchill, thanks for joining us. This is not your daddy's uh, 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 Bible study show. Uh, we literally do not know what we're going to talk about. We never do. Uh, and then eventually, you know, within, you know, whatever. God shows up, Holy Spirit drops down, boom, we do this whole thing. It's become an organically prophetic type of, uh, real organic type of a, of a prophetic thing. Um, and if you don't believe in that, well, you probably don't believe a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, we don't, uh, we don't, we, we don't pull any punches here. We actually punch people in the throat around here. Um, it's, it's, it's warfare. It's do or die your life, your future, your, your soul is at stake. And we want to make sure that if you go where you go, it's because you went there knowingly, not because you were ignorant. Um, and we're here to expose all that stuff. And we're here to tell you and to show you, look, this is what God intended. This is what the Bible actually said. It's Christianity versus the Bible. Ta-da! How's that for uh, Tuesday morning? How's that for coffee time? This is our co-host, Lenny Parada. Lenny Parada is a vineyard pastor. He uh, married my wife and I back in 1988. 
so we've been running around with this guy for a little while and so he's he's seen me in all my various i'll call them manifestations chris rosentrader isn't an official co-host yet he's 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 afraid to commit and uh uh chris chris was, uh, was the original drummer for spyglass blue uh, he was on a couple of those albums and uh, he's up in the uh, seattle area uh highly prophetic uh great worship worshiper of god great great charismatic worship drummer guy and uh all around all around nice guy um yeah what's up what's up gents cheers man you are like 100 mile an hour ahead of me i, I just woke I, up. i'm like wow dude like no 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 it's early no see but see here's what you don't understand if you saw what i looked like 10 minutes ago i just i have to do this so that i can last because if i if i if i if i was doing what i was if i was doing what was going on inside i'd be doing this Oh man! No, I have to do this. I have to get all peppy. I, I'm barely through half a cup. I have to do that. Otherwise, it's called show business, bro. What's up? What's wrong with you? You're such a professional. You look happy even when you're not. Exactly. My smile is a mask. It's an old punk rock song. Chris, you're in my you're in my time zone, right? Yeah, Pacific. Yeah. PST. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Wait. Look at this. Jay Williams Roos Rouse says they still have my Spyglass Blue T-shirt. Hey Jay, I wonder which one. Woohoo! Yep. Yep. By the way, I thought I committed to being a host. So. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Well. Well. Okay. Conversation last week. Well. A lot's happened. Welcome. Well, welcome. I mean, why else would I get up this early? Because you love me. Uh, Chris, Chris Rosentrader, our co-host. Well, then I'll put you in the. Uh, when do I get my mug? I don't even have one. This well, is come my, on, look this at this. I mean, it costs us like twelve dollars. Look at this was a this was a Hanukkah gift. That's funny. Isn't that awesome? Question is, do you celebrate Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's really. Day? Not really. I'm teasing. Oh, yeah. No, no, we really don't do that. No. Look at all this. Why does it say Lenny P, Lenny P all over the place? When you make a comment. No, all I did was say Lenny P. It meant good morning. On every platform. I don't think everyone sees it, only those platforms that they're watching. No. It on. But I had a question. Like there was comments showing up on our, on the, um, in this backdoor chat here, but we weren't live yet. How are they? Where are, they, where are people posting when? I don't know. I don't know. They, they must, I don't know how they, they're, they they're commenting on the platforms, and we're seeing them. Yeah. It's called magic. Wow. <laughs> the internet's a series of tubes. Oh, man, I'm going to have to get another cup of coffee here in a minute. So, uh, hey, what's going on? It's Tuesday morning. Hey, if um, if hey, if hey, you're watching us on the internet, because you are, uh, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, give us hearts. Uh, whatever you know all that internet stuff because apparently they tell me it helps with the algorithm i don't know what that means and um uh, yeah give us some internet love um so i'm gonna we're, we're, we're um we're beginning to pull the audio from the uh these broadcasts and and offering them at the as podcasts 
which uh, people have been wanting us to do. So I started the Chameleon Show podcast like in 2011. So it's like 10 years ago. Can you believe that crap? Did you guys did you guys know I had my first podcast was in 2004, 2005? Yeah, I've been doing this. So yeah, we are going to be uh, we're, we're 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 stripping the audio from these broadcasts and creating standalone podcasts. The podcast uh, you can get them on true uh, iTunes, Spotify, and uh, um, I'm going to look into Google Podcasts today and maybe put it up there too. But anyway, um, it's it's old content right now. There's, there's nothing new because we're. I mean, it takes time. I, yeah, it, just some of just one of the things we're doing around here, and uh, we've got some other. Uh, uh, look at that. These oh, it's a coaster. I thought it was bonafide like coasters. Yeah. Look at this. I wasn't going to show anybody these yet because I'm not ready to send them out. If you're on Patreon, anyway, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash E2IS. If you're on Patreon, if you're one of our patrons, you'll be getting some of these in the mail soon. I just, I wanted it to be a surprise. I just blew the surprise. But you patrons will be getting some of these in the mail. And then we will be putting these up in the store. Uh, I think we're going to do two packs or four packs or something like that. And today I get another one. Today we'll be getting the Exodus to Ingathering logo on some of these. They're like real, real, real coasters. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> Our little chameleon church, buddy. Alan, what kind of a church are you if you have an unclean reptile as your logo? Tell that, tell that story again because you told it. As long as I've known you, I didn't know what chameleon church meant. Okay, so we had a we, we, um, reverse. We were having – so we would meet – when, when we first moved to Utah, people would actually come and hang out with us because, well, because we were new in town. Uh, we quickly uh, took care of that in quick order, and now no one likes us and no one hangs out with us, and everyone's left. True story. But anyway, so we were having a meeting about, and we were talking about apostolic centers and this and that. We were talking about, you know, and this and these people would come and visit us. They were like, you know, Hebrew roots people and they would find out about us and they would come and meet us. They would literally come and they would come and join us in meetings or Shabbats maybe once or twice and then never come back. It's very interesting. But anyway. You have that effect on people. Yeah, 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 apparently. So we're having this meeting and this little old lady, nice old lady showed up and uh, then she leaves and she was all about it, you know, and she was, you know, everything was fine, but that's always the case. Everything's fine. They love you. It's a false sense of security and then they, well, stab you in the back um and so the next week she starts sending us emails with all this crazy stuff about why you're a serpentine church why would you have a lizard as your logo don't you know that lizards are unclean and so i'm like you know what i I really don't have the tolerance to deal with these people um because they're they're just stupid people so i sent uh, i sent ian uh hellerman to go answer that and so, and one of the, you know, one of the things we had to tell her was, are you aware, you know, you know, lions are unclean animals and he's the lion of Judah. You know, it's like, what other animals are representative of Christianity? Horses. Oh, unclean. Um, lions. Lots of lions. Because, you know, Jesus is the lion. Tribe of Judah. Oh, unclean. But, you know, but see, they go, they go lizard, serpent, demonic. Uh, these people, oh my gosh. It's not because we like turned into serpentine people with slit eyes and stuff while we were hanging out talking. Ugh. 
You know, it's it's a it's it's a the scripture. Form. You're going to share the scripture. All right, Deuteronomy eight eighteen is where we get to Chameleon Church. Uh, don't forget, it was it's me. God says that gave you wealth when you're you know high on the hog, you know, in the land of Israel, in the in the land of Canaan. It's me. God says that gave you the power to make wealth. Well, the Hebrew word power there is uh, kuak, and the Hebrew word kuak means a lizard. And uh, God says, I give you the lizard power. What? God gives us lizard power? Well, I didn't write the Bible, so don't get mad at me. If you don't like the fact that God gives you lizard power, you should probably leave and go join some other religion or another form or a sect. Hey, I heard the sacred namers are uh, out there uh, recruiting. Oh, what, you can just. And what is lizard power? What is all right? Mean? Lizard power. I see Chris is trying to keep me on. Here. He's like, Alan, Alan's going on these rabbit trails. He's, he's, Alan's triggered. Uh, I don't need your help. I can trigger myself. Um, God gives us the lizard power. And then that word lizard breaks down into the Hebrew to chameleon. God gives us the chameleon like ability to make wealth. Well, first of all, that, yes, this is the prosperity gospel. We do believe and preach prosperity around here because prosperity is God's blessing in your life. If you don't have any money, if you're broke, you're probably not being blessed. Yeah, because um, uh, my Bible and your Bible says that if you're blessed, your vats uh, will be filled, your storehouses of grain will be full, on and on and on and on. The virtuous woman, she buys property, she buys land. The virtuous woman isn't broke. Go read Proverbs 31. You recite it over your wives every Shabbat, if you're doing Shabbat. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, she's, not, she's not a slacker. She's wealthy. Her husband sits at the, at the gates, of the city gates. These people aren't slackers. They're actually wealthy and prestigious, and they have their people of influence because God's people are people of influence. So if you're not a person of influence and you're hiding in your basement doing this on the keyboard, you, probably you need to go back home. You need to get saved and reevaluate your life. So God gives us the chameleon-like ability to make wealth. The word make is asa, which means in the Hebrew to work with the substance of creation, to create something out of nothing. Let us asa man in our image. Uh, the asa power is um, when the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples are breaking the bread and the fish, and it's like, and it keeps multiplying. It's like the asa. So God gives us the chameleon-like ability to make out of nothing, to, to work with the substance of creation, wealth. Not poverty, not just barely making it, but wealth. Um, a chameleon uh, creates, its own, creates the resources necessary for its own success, regardless of environment, economy, regardless of the of the of its world regardless regardless of its physical dimensional realm situation the chameleon creates the resources necessary for its own success it's a transferable anointing from Mechizedek to Abraham from Abraham to Isaac who reaped a hundredfold in the land of famine welcome to chameleon church hold on hold on welcome to chameleon church bye just kidding. Um, yeah, there you go. That was a mouthful. That's good. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And, and, here, and here people think we're a serpentine religion. He prompted a couple questions that were – what's your um, 
You've obviously studied Hebrew. A little bit. What's your, what do you recommend Strong's? Is that like, what's your, yeah. what have you done the most study in? Yeah, you definitely want to use, into that. yeah, you definitely want to use Strong's Hebrew lexicons. You want to break down the words, man. I mean, you know, when you realize when you come, you might, maybe, maybe some of you don't know this, but when it comes to Hebrew itself, the reason why Jesus says jot or tittle, which is, you know, jots or tittles, they're like these, the little things, the, the, the accents, commas. But in Hebrew, every letter itself has like this crazy meaning, right? So if a word has like four or five letters, it's just like mind-blowing because if you add all those meanings to get the meaning – that's why you can do a study on just the letter, whatever. Pick a letter, bet, whatever. You could you can go and do this crazy teachings on these things because uh, it's it's a heavenly language. I mean, they they literally do say it's it's an angelic celestial language, and then so and so when you tie all this stuff together, and there's different ways, but then and then you have the new, then you know, depends how far you want to go. Then you have the numerology involved too. Um, but then that's how the the rabbis and the Kabbalists have gotten really off course. But yeah, it's 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 alive. That that language is a, is a living language. And David Van Covering proved that he was a just a brilliant physicist too. And and uh, he was a counselor to the nation of Israel for about ten years. He he's the one that developed the Moog synthesizer, mm. and he had that Van Covering piano. It's it's a long thing, but I was just looking at his stuff the other day. We had him in Park City three or four times, and I think Shannon did. And he was definitely down with his his understanding of the Hebrew faith. And he says the letters carried in physics a frequency that was undeniable. And this was about eight years ago, but Israel was able to develop a system scientifically where they were able to read the history on an inanimate object of maybe an event that happened six months to a year past and his whole premise him getting into it it's fascinating he said it's based on what jesus said if i don't speak the rocks would cry out because the history of life the Lord's re- retained that. And in the yeah. Hebrew language, it carries a frequency. It's fascinating. The things that we just don't know. Yeah, we're, Our eyes are going to be open when we see the Messiah. It's going to be unbelievable. People wonder why I'm not more involved with that esoteric yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a reason. Uh, I, I have consciously – I consciously made some decisions in the 80s uh, regarding where I didn't want to go, conspiracy theories, and says the Gen Six guy, um, and and things like that, you know, frequencies and all that. It and can this, take you off track, right? And that's the reason why I didn't want. To, there's a, there's a reason why I decided. You know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to make that a focus. Jesus didn't. So that's yeah. predominantly why I don't make. You know, uh, remember in the '80s, man, it was all about Francis Schaeffer and civil unrest, and I kept saying, you know, but Jesus said, leave it alone. Let the tares and the wheat grow together. Otherwise, you know, you're going to pull some weed out, right? So I've always, I've always kept to that. Now, you look at the people that haven't made that choice, 
dude, the Torah community is full of them and they're freaking nut jobs, man. Um, I mentioned a nut job from last night that they're, they literally do not believe that discernment is required or necessary to hear and understand God's voice. And I'm like, you know, you, do you realize you're, what you're probably listening to probably isn't the spirit of God? And I guarantee you it's not because, I mean, there's literally no reason to come at people just because. I mean, they, these people, they're just, they just come at you for no reason. You know, I mean, if you read the majority, if you read comments, like when I do a, like a rude awakening show, or if I do an interview on YouTube or whatever, there's, there's a, there's nasty comments on there about me. And it's like, why are you being so nasty? And they're doing, and they're nasty in the name of God. It's like, I'm going to be nasty and he's going to change his ways. Or I mean, I'm not sure what they're thinking is, you know, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's weird, but it's the equivalent of what Paul said, you know, this thing is spiritual, and if you don't do this thing spiritually, you'll do it in the flesh, and you'll basically, you'll you'll just chop it all up. You'll butcher it up, and uh, you'll actually become an enemy. They will drag you to into the, the court. They'll, they'll kill you believing that they're doing God's will, Jesus said. How do you get to that point, right? Every disciple, Messiah himself was killed because the people that were doing the killing actually believed they were doing God's work. God's will. Look at what happened. Look at Saul of Tarsus. He was running around eradicating Christianity as a zealot because they were wrong, because they weren't doing it like I am doing it. Well, yes, Torah community, the majority or the majority of you are are non-spirit-led, spiritually ignorant and deceived Pharisees. That's just the way it is. I mean, your own common threads show that. And it's sad. And it's, um, you know, when you, when, you know, I, that's one of the reasons why I wrote this. This thing is spiritual. These people literally think they're, 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 they're superior spiritually, yet they have no, no spiritual fruit to speak of. And they do all these other, they do all these other things to, that are they're counterfeits because they can't, they don't have relationship with the Holy Spirit. They don't speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons. You know, they don't do any of those things. They don't have relationship, covenant relationship with the Ruach HaKodesh as they believe that they do. And so they, they do all this other weird stuff to mask that. Frequencies, linen, and we've talked about this, right? They do all this other stuff. It's really bizarre. It's, it's, it's sad because... The weightier things, the things that are really important, the things that Jesus focused on, the stuff that the, the, the Bible actually teaches and the scriptures actually teach, they're not doing. You know, did you know the majority of the Torah community, they don't, they don't evangelize and they don't feed, take care of the poor? The vast majority of the Torah community don't do that. More Christians do that than the Torah people do. And when the Torah people do evangelize, they're evangelizing goofy stuff like Torah and flat earth. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. No sense to me at all. And I just, you know, upset a bunch of people. You know, Paul, he he had reason. He said I was cut up to the third heaven, but all he wanted to know was Christ and him crucified. That's the thing. You, you know, when I would be on tour or even when I go and do speaking tours, 
you know, when I go out and speak, like Take on the World. I, I speak, I have spoken at the Take on the World, and see, a lot of these people are over there. I speak, I have spoken at the Take on the World uh, conference two or three times. And I have to, and I have to do this little, like, pre-game show, whatever, uh, thing. And that's, I only want to know, I, I want to keep it simple, stupid. That's what I'm talking about in Incorruptible this week. I want to keep it to a common thread of knowing Messiah and him crucified among you. Not flat yeah. earth, not yeah. this, not that, but. You know, the thing is, is it's it's a wonder in our own personal lives when the Lord takes us into those places that we can declare his glory, everything, right? But a lot of times, like what you said, when people get hung up, it becomes an addiction because if they don't live there, they just crash and burn mm-hmm. because they don't have an identity in him. And. It's not a bad thing, but you got to have that. You got to have your your life fully grounded in the fact of Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. That we were sinners that have been redeemed, and He loves us. Yeah, and His love covers a multitude of sin, and His love is what's going to keep us, and it's going to make us endure. But it becomes an addiction too. That's why people go off. It's it, it's feeding that addiction. And it's sad, and that's it. That's it turns into a religious spirit. That's the problem. Okay, so let's talk about this for the rest. They're of the just world. right there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. How do we, as an equipping ministry, and the people are coming here to, obviously to be equipped because we're equipping them, uh, and we thank you for that. Obviously, um, <laughs> awkwardly adjust my f odd. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. All right, how do we avoid becoming like that? How do we avoid getting sucked into a Gnostic, humanistic, religious spirit? I'll start off by saying, I'm going to start off by saying one thing, then I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and leave, the, and let's begin this conversation. I say the number, and this is true for my life. Again, I made a decision in the 80s not to get involved with conspiracy theories or all this extracurricular stuff like frequencies and blah, 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 blah. And guess what? I'm not a, well, a lot of people think I am a cult or a cult leader, but I'm not one of those people. I didn't end up like that like that, like they did. Okay. And why here's the number one thing. And I'll, and then we'll, you guys, please add to it. Being under spiritual authority and leadership and being accountable to a legitimate leadership. And yet a lot of people would say they've seen leaderships that have been abusive and everything. Because the the, the majority of these people are not under authority. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. What do you think? The answer to every question is no, just that that, no, no, just it, that whole thing with my, leadership. Yeah. That's valuable. That's important. I got two. I got two things to think about and one answer. The answer to every question is Jesus. Amen. But the thing I'm thinking about is this is not going to go away because Scripture says even the elect will be deceived. And it was floating around in the thread over here about pride, but the opposite of pride is humility. Staying humble, meaning placing, uh, you know, Mary of Bethany, uh, placing ourselves at the feet of Jesus, anointing the feet of Jesus, will teach us humility 
And I think the elect, the elect piece, how do we not become deceived? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's being in a community, meaning under leadership that is keeping you humble and seeking. It's a, being in a community that's seeking Jesus will keep us humble and will keep us more likely from being deceived. But those are, those are my big, my big ideas around that. Because, man, my, it's been my prayer lately. Don't let me be deceived, Lord. Like, that's a warning. Even elect will be deceived. How do we not be deceived? We need, we need a community of people that are seeking the feet of Jesus, a community of worshipers, and that, that will keep us humble. Worship, worship keeps us humble. When, when we are constantly elevating the name of Jesus over us, our goals, our everything we desire, that keeps us humble and hopefully not deceived. You know, you said it's interesting because he says at the very end, like you, like you just quoted, there's going to be deception. And it says that those that made it through, they kept the testimony of Yeshua. Mm. They did not deny his name. And uh, unto death, everything they said, they would, they would say, I'm yours. So death didn't, they didn't fear, they didn't fear death. They feared the Lord. And that is yeah. a huge thing that's missing. So if you're looking at a community, those things have to be, those things have to be tantamount. Just those three, three things where he says, those ones endured to the end. Remember, it says in Matthew 24, where everyone says this gospel must be preached and those that endure to the end shall be saved. That's, that's how it's done. Fear of the Lord is a huge thing, and that's missing big time. Churches don't teach it. He's God, and we're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys know me personally, and so you know this. To you know this isn't true about me, but a lot of people think, "Oh, Alan, if we don't agree with you, we're wrong." Oh, Alan, you think you're the only one that knows the truth. Oh, Alan, you think you know what I'm saying people. This is what people say about me, and you know that's not my me at all. Um, I I don't think. I know it all. I know I don't. I don't think I have it all figured out. I know I don't. Um, that's why, but see, that's why I'm a man under submission to make sure that, you know, I, I need someone to watch my ass to make, to keep me in line, to make sure I don't get off track, to make sure I don't veer, to make sure I don't become deceived. You know, you know who knows more than anyone out there that, they can be, they're just as um, liable of becoming uh, deceived. Me. <laughs> I know darn well that I am just as susceptible as anyone else, if not more so, to become deceived. And so w what do I do to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, like you said, prayer, fasting, worship, but more, not more importantly, but just as important because it's the New Testament model. You have to be submitted to authority and leadership. You know, if you want to become a great baseball player, you need to come, come under great ball players to learn to become a great ball player. That's everyday life. Whatever you do for a living, you had to learn your trade or whatever it is that you do. You have a boss, you have a mentor, you have an upline in everyday regular life. 
right? If you're a teacher in a school, there's people you can go to. I'm not even sure what they're called. Is it the principal, the vice principal, whatever? I mean, as a teacher, if you're on staff as a, as a teacher, uh, if, you're a, if you're in the medical profession, there's the massive amount of upline. You know, this is everyday life. Well, it's also applicable and more applicable in, the, in, the, in, in faith. That's why we have Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. It breaks it. Paul breaks this whole thing down. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, deacons, uh, you know, uh, elders. It, it just goes, you know, there's a hierarchy, just like in the celestial, sons of God and all the various angels that go underneath that. You alluded it to it earlier <clears throat> about um, uh, when you're talking about the rocks will cry out and theories and conspiracies. I think when people start getting into deception and ideologies that are not of Christ or that are not scriptural, it's it's because it's become they've made it complicated. It really is a simple gospel. It really is a simple. Nothing abiding in Christ happens more often when we're abiding. <laughs> if we're if we're if we're sitting at the feet of Jesus every day, you know, reading the Word, of course, but just asking Lord, Lord, what is it today that I'm holding on to? What corner of my heart have I put something there that I I need to relinquish to you now? And that's a day. That's a daily for me. That's daily. I mean, yeah. it's my ideal is to be daily of like God. Just show me what I don't know today. Yeah. Show me what's what I'm allowing to remain in my life that keeps you from walking in the favor that you want me want to see me in. He's a good, good father. Lenny, you mentioned that. A lot of people have been led astray or screwed or whatever by bad leaders. Okay, well, that person, see, that person we we, we mentioned last night that we mentioned earlier on this show, they pub they posted what they posted publicly. So it's not like I'm breaking confidence. They published what they published publicly on Facebook that there's no that no discernment is necessary, and God doesn't require. God doesn't require you to have discernment to hear his voice or to understand his voice, which is not even biblically sound in, in any way, shape, or form. But so how do you get involved with a church and a church leadership and make sure that they're not charlatans or imposters themselves? How do you pick a Moses or over a Korah? or a Jesus, or over a Barabbas like we talked about last night? Well, I know one thing. I made my mistakes, and a lot, most leadership, they're going to have their <laughs> – they're going to have their shortcomings. But the issue is uh, humility. If they're focused on the Messiah, it, I, I have to – these days, remember, that's changed a lot. I – I think a lot of communities, I want to bless them, but I want to be part of a place where there's humility and where they're hungry after the life, him being the living word. You know, we can have a lot of little phraseology to say what it is and what it isn't. But the thing is, is that 
if it's Jesus, it's not only going to give you life. It, it, I want to, I want to be taught how to fall in love with him more. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to fall in love with him more, I'm going to fall in love with humanity. And I can't, you know, people say, well, I hate humanity. If I hate humanity, I got a problem. He says, if you don't love your brother, you know, and I'm going to have to love my brother with all of his faults. And so there's got to be that, that incredible mercy tied in with it. So I look for humility, the fear of the Lord. I look for that place that's going to uh, bring me to a place where I love him and I want him more. And I want his word to become alive in me because if he's the living word, he's going to become alive in me. And it's all subjective. I know that to each individual, but so we're through the years. What is a pastor supposed to do? He's supposed to teach people how to function on their own in their own relationship. with the living. He's supposed to be the helper of their joy. A shepherd. A shepherd. And not just a master, a shepherd. One where they find their life in him. If he's not doing that and it's deflected upon him, he's going to get screwed. That's just the bottom line because he's taking God's glory. And everybody goes to the edge of that all the time. We all do. But the thing is, like when you said people, they say, oh, look at Alan. He's doing this. What is a prophet? You're calling people. I love this phrase by uh, uh, Michael Heiser. He says, to be a covenant enforcer, calling believers to have that believing loyalty in God. And when you're a covenant enforcer, you're going to get maligned yeah. because you're standing at the gate calling truth. People don't like that. They want their own truth for their own situation. Yeah. Nah. And so if I, if I look for a community that will look at truth and then understand me having to be responsible and accountable to that truth, and they encourage me that way, that's where I'm going to have life. And you know what? Like you're saying, too, as, as much as I want the simplicity, I know the majesty of God He's got scientists out there. He's got Dr. Dale. He just, he's simple. He just got um, hired to be the chair, the head of all medicine at UCLA. He's brilliant, yet he's humble. And he loves the Lord. He's ever since he started doing Sabbath, God blessed him. You know, they, they vied for him. What New York University offered him $200 million for the grant. Then he went to Iowa. Now UCLA just hired him on to be a chair. He's calling me up. He goes, well, where, where do you eat around L.A.? Yeah, I remember <laughs> I go, I'll that. come down and show you all the great burrito places. I remember that. And, yeah. I'm, and you know what? He's a brilliant scientist. He is on the leading edge of oncology, the most brilliant diabetic whatever. That's why they hired him. And yet he's humble. And he goes, if I don't keep the Sabbath, if I don't tithe, if I don't stay humble, he goes, I have nothing. And I believe that was when he found what we found, it catapulted him into God using him going to the nations because he's constantly out there using his gift. And then he's doing it in the name of the Lord. Yeah. I like that covenant. What was that covenant? What? Covenant enforcer. I mean, isn't that? Yeah, I like that. I like that terminology because it it's true. Here's the covenant. Here's the doctrine. And if there, there, 
there are those of us that are supposed to be, hey, I, you know what? I, I'm not doing this because I've got nothing else to stink and do with my life. <laughs> and you know what? They don't know what a prophet is because they go, well, he's a false prophet. Deuteronomy 18 tells us literally how you can tell a false prophet. But what about Deuteronomy 13 where it says they do signs and wonders, yeah, but they teach him how to worship false gods. He right. says, put that man to death. It's not going to be. You got it. This I break thing it is spiritual. I break it down in here. People have people have powers, man. That you know, doesn't mean they're prophetic. It's one who enforces, calling them to the covenant, and obedience, a loyalty right. to obedience. You know, the main reason why I wrote this book is because the Torah community at large literally has no sound understanding of the topic, and what they do believe is completely wrong about that. Everyone's a false prophet to them. And they don't, you know, they don't even have the understanding of what what the Bible actually says about the subject matter. That's, you know, that's really re one of the reasons why I wrote this book is because they don't they literally don't have a clue about what they're talking about. And on top of it, they don't believe it. So, I hate hamburgers, but I'm going to review hamburgers for a living. That's exactly their position on the subject. And it's like, no, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, there's a little hamburger salmon in the Rampart division that you need to go look <laughs> right now. Tommy's. Oh, my gosh. I haven't had a Tommy's. You know what? I'm going to have to drive down to Vegas and grab one. Have, who, who Would you drive six hours one way for a burger? Yeah, I would have. I have. We need Tommy's to sponsor us somehow. Man. People have been trying to get me a Pepsi or endorsement for decades. Hasn't worked. <laughs> do you still drink that stuff? Every once in a while. Huh? Don't judge me. I, I would never do that. Yeah. Okay. I, I drink last week I was in Santa Rosa, and we went to this vineyard. The water was better than the wine. That's all I can say. It oh, was my gosh. Bad. I drink more water today than I ever have in my life. Yeah. People are like, that's a thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh man I like that Covenant Enforcer hmm. you know, Jesus' whole diatribe on false prophets is Matthew 23 and uh, how he leads up into Matthew 24 and they don't realize the false prophets aren't the little guys riding on their bikes with name badges they're within the body that does not teach obedience and covenant understanding. You know, um, I've been going through an old book. You've probably seen it. It's called, and it's often said it's by uh, First Fruits of Zion, these guys. Mm -hmm. And he lays out brilliantly how what we take as the law, it says it's for our transgressions. He goes, if we understand it, we got to look in the Hebrew. It's not a negative thing, but it was a positive thing of his love. And the, the way he brings it out, I, don't, I wouldn't do it justice, but just a few little quotes. I was just He has a whole series calls. It's often said just little things. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. It just reading it again refreshed me to see it's truly a marriage covenant. It's, it's his love letter to us, how much as he loves us, the whole Torah, all of it. Because it embodies Jesus. He is the living love letter. Yeah. I know it's kind of sappy, and, but it's true. And, and he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
You got it. And I only do what the Father does. And I only say what he says. People need to be schooled in the Holy Spirit because he says he's going to teach you all truth, but he's going to teach you what righteousness, sin, and judgment is. That's his main job. Yeah. They don't like that. No. And so these a lot of these people won't allow themselves to be submitted under authority, which is the, their main problem, why they're so whacked out and they believe all these crazy psycho things. Uh, they won't allow themselves to be allowed to be put under man authority or to be taught. And then they, they totally miss, and I think I bring it up in this, they misquote that verse, I have no man need for man to teach me. <sighs> You know, and it's not its not good enough to say, all right, you know what? You're, you're a special kind of stupid. One day you'll see. No. The idea is to catch them and rescue them before that. Yeah. Because no, at that point, there's no coming back. That's it. End of the line. That's it. You know, the idea is to be, rev- is, the idea is to have, the, the idea is to allow yourself to be exposed so that you can fix it, not be exposed and then on the judgment. You know what I mean? Where there's there's no now there's no more time for you. It's over. You know. And that see so being under authority and under leadership, you have to have discernment because you have to be able to know the difference between a Korah and a Moses and. Thankfully and gratefully, I've been able to navigate that for the last 40 years and not ever, I've never been involved with a, <laughs> a, a cult. Uh, I was I was involved with one really bad church, but God told me to go there and to actually sit there for nine years, even though they were absolutely completely demonic. A lot of people don't understand that. I've had a lot of people criticize that. Oh, then, then you didn't hear right. God would never do that. Really? You should probably read your Bible, but you're not understanding it, so... Um, other than that, man, I've been able to avoid the fiery darts of cultism and Gnosticism and humanism in my faith, uh, thankfully. But it's because you have to have that, you have to have discernment. You have to know when you're supposed to go into the land of famine. You don't go to the land of famine to try and prove a point, you'll die. You know, and you have to have discernment to know when God says, "Okay, leave the land of famine and now go and and prosper in the land of prosperity." You have to have the discernment to know these things. Yeah, Jonah and Nineveh. Yeah. You know, but if you you know if you believe you don't need discernment to hear God's voice, there's a good chance you're not hearing God's voice. And then how are you? How would you know? And you can't, and their their excuses. Well, God wouldn't, God's voice wouldn't deceive me. I believe that. I agree. It's one of the gifts from the throne room. Paul said well, so. But these people don't believe in the gifts. Yeah. yeah. And and they believe that if they're hearing something spiritually, that it's God, because God wouldn't allow them to hear the devil and have that confusion. That's how we get the Mormons. That's how Joseph Smith. That's what, that's what happened there. You know, I look at it this way, and this is what I tell people. If Adam and Eve, who weren't entirely human, they were immortals, if they could be seduced and deceived, lacking discernment, who the hell are you? 
And based on what? Their, their, their premise was, I'm 60 years old and God's been talking to me for 58 of those 60 years. Good luck, sweetheart. Good luck. If you don't believe that you can be deceived, you're probably already deceived. I guarantee you, if you don't believe that you can be deceived, you're already deceived. You're deceived just by saying that. I can't fix what I don't know is broken. I need people to tell me, Alan, you're broken. Alan, you've got this wrong. Alan, you're 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 veering. That's a hard conversation. I know. People don't want to have it. Uh, the quote uh, from Space on the guy's name. Um, but he said it's. Um, he says. People can only hear you when they're walking towards you. And I have friends, as you do, that are in the spirit of the age who would call themselves Christians, but yet are tracking, you know, if we escape Torah community for a minute, and you're talking about evangelical community, and they're in my opinion, on the way to being deceived or have been. And it's an awkward conversation to tell them that because they're not going to hear it unless they're asking you for it. Like, and one of the questions I was talking to a friend this week about was if you believe this scripture or do you believe the scripture, even the elect will be deceived. What do you think that's going to look like? Like if it's not happening now, in your opinion, when when will that happen where you would go, oh, the spirit of age is counter to scripture? And it's kind of a he was coming to me with the question. He was he was coming to me re, gonna receive my input. It was a discussion, but you can't have that discussion unless people are wanting to To have it. To have it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same true in my life, even with even with my wife. If I'm not ready to talk about it, I'm I, to yeah. my foolishness. Oh, yeah. I, I I throw yeah. up the walls between me and my wife. Versus yeah. okay. And and, and let me clarify because you brought something. Up. Let me clarify to to those to you watching now live or later. I'm not just ragging on the Torah community. Are you kidding? I've been do, I've been telling Christians this for thirty plus years about spiritual gifts. And about Torah. I've, I've been telling Christians, no, you need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to come to the point where you speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. You have to have discernment. I've been telling Christians that for years. And I've been also telling them, no, man, you, you can't eat swine. No, you, you can't keep the Catholic Sabbath. You have to keep God's Sabbath. You have to keep Leviticus 23. I've been telling, so it's not just... Don't think for a second that I'm just picking on the Torah punks. I'm not. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'm a standard bearer. That's my role. Do you think I like it? I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to be God's standard bearer. No, man. I woke up one day and said, I want to be a rock star. (laughs) You know? And God said, I've got other plans. I want you to do this too. It's um, 
if I wanted an easy go of it, I'd put out a record, put a band together and hit the road. That's a lot easier than this, man. That's a lot easier than this. And that's hard. <laughs> it's, it's less, it's, it's less of what's the word is, I don't know. Cause see their critique of your art is subjective because it's art. This isn't subjective. This is what I believe. So when you come at me and say, you're false, you're not reading the Bible correct, you're a cult leader, you've, you, uh, what was that guy, that, what was that comment somebody just posted about me in the 90s? Oh, I'm, I'm batshit crazy, and I'm in the, uh, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the, like like the, I'm I'm like in the crazy crazy um, fringes of Christendom, just you know, just crazy stuff. Now the person saying it isn't a believer, so you know, always you always have to consider the source. And I and and if my saying batshit offended you, you're probably watching the wrong show. Anyway, you, you know. Going back to that gift of discernment, when you think about it, it's the bridge between, if I want to call the spiritual, the spiritual realm and the natural realm, you know, he said the natural realm is he goes, you know what, you that love me, you're going to, you might die the same way as the evil. So get over it. And you might not have any money like some others do. And there's enough wisdom to go where we need to go. Like you said, you know, th there's stupidity there too. But then when you come to the spiritual, to have the discernment there where he downloads from heaven in his, under, his understanding completely of what Torah should look like, he's giving out wisdom that every time that discernment comes, his son is going to be exalted. Yeah, It really is. And that power of the Holy Spirit is going to put the character and nature of God in you. But you know what? A lot of people think they just have that naturally. If they read enough, you don't. That's what the yeah. gift of tongues is all about. You're coming into a realm where he's filling you with his life. And uh, bridging that gap is not easy. It's a spiritual gift. And not everybody has it. And yet we're to, we're to hunger for it. And like everything, it can be right at our fingertips too. Some people have it. Some people don't. No, I, I'm one of those that believe that as the Holy Spirit leads, he's going to give it for the time and purpose to exalt Jesus no matter what. A lot of people have their specialized ministries. Eh, I don't buy that too much. It doesn't really say that, you know. He says one might have it, one might, might not. He's not making definitive statements. Yeah. You know, in the same way, okay, so we're, we're talking about someone that doesn't believe right. you need discernment to hear right. God's vo voice or to have discernment to understand what he's saying. Um, right. And the same, you know, so we can, we can, we can bundle all that up. For example, a bunch of Christians don't believe that you have to keep the Torah. Don't believe that you have to keep the dietary. Don't believe that you have to keep Leviticus 23. Uh, and a lot of Christians don't believe that you have to be charismatic. Um, a bunch of the Torah people don't believe you have to be charismatic. And a bunch of the Torah people hate Christians. They just do. So, right. And then, and then what I, so I'm in the middle between the two going, wait a second, you know, and, and they, and I upset the Torah people when I tell them 
you're calling the Holy Spirit demonic is worse than my Christian friends that still eat pork and don't keep the Sabbath. Because it doesn't say, it says that you won't be able to come up to Mount Zion, but at least they're there. Calling the Holy Spirit demonic or Kundalini is is a sure ticket that you're not even you're not even there. Right. Right? Exactly. Here's what, here's what people aren't taking into consideration. Because see, for example, the Torah people don't take into consideration that Christians are keeping the Torah. They're just not keeping the the two or three things that they deem more important, like diet, Sabbath, feasts. But they're doing all the other stuff for the most part, right? Here's what they're not taking into consideration. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who went out at daybreak to hire workers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the workers on a wage of one denarius, the standard daily wage, he sent them off to his vineyard. Then, on going out at about nine in the morning, he saw more men standing around in the market square doing nothing and said to them, Hey, you go to the vineyard too. I'll pay you a fair wage. So they went. At noon, and again around three in the afternoon, he did the same thing. About an hour before sundown, he went out, found still others standing around, and asked them, Why have you been standing here all day, doing nothing? They said to him, Because no one hired us. You too, he told them. Go to the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, starting with the last ones hired and ending with the first. The workers who came an hour before sunset each received a denarius. So the workers who came first expected they would get more, but each of them also received just a denarius. On receiving their wages, they began grumbling to the farmer. These latecomers have worked only one hour while we have borne the brunt of the day's work in the hot sun, yet you have put them on an equal footing with us. But he answered one of them, Look, friend, I'm not being unfair with you. Didn't you agree to work today for a denarius? Now take your pay and go, exclamation mark. Basically, now take your pay and shut the hell up and get the hell out of here. Alan, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. There's an exclamation mark after the go. Take your pay and go. I choose to give the last worker as much as I'm giving you. Haven't the right? Haven't I the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? See? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Thus, the last ones will be first and the first last. So, oh, I've been doing Torah for 30 years. And the guy that's been doing, that's, that's only been saved for two years, he's not one of us. Who are you to judge? Because, see, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you where you're wrong. I'm not saying you don't belong. I'm not saying you're not one of them. What I'm saying is, hey, you can't be so hateful. Hey, you can't be so you can't be so judgmental. You can't and when you start teaching or believing things that are completely contrary to the scriptural biblical narrative, I'm going to say, "Excuse me." And I've done that in churches <laughs> in the middle of a sermon. "Excuse me." And my wife just goes, "Oh." Yeah, I think I've been to a couple of those. Right? People think I'm just saying that. No, I've done that. So if you, so if you want to tell me you don't need discernment to hear God's voice, I'm going to say, excuse me. There's You can't support that with anything in the Bible. There, there's just no biblical 
proof text for that. In fact, I, it's the exact opposite. That's different than saying you eat pork, you're not a believer. Or, you know, you speak in tongues, that's demonic. That's different than what I'm doing. See, you can't look at, if you if you're a Torah observer and you're looking at your Christian brothers and sisters and saying they're not actually brothers and sisters because they go to the Catholic Sunday Sabbath and they don't keep the biblical Sabbath. Hell, this conversation I had on here that I allowed myself to get in on over the weekend was about the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath. Do you keep the Sabbath evening to evening or is it morning to evening? And I'm like, well, in Genesis and in Leviticus 23, it actually says evening to evening. So why are you making something out of, why do you do that? Why are you always making something out of nothing? It's exhausting. And so I said, look, there's like, some of you are saying evening to evening and, and two thirds of you are saying morning to evening or morning to morning. It's like two thirds of you are wrong. If the Bible says evening to evening, there's no question when it is. Why would you make a question out and why would you make a deal out of it? And why are you it's 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 divisive and it's demonic. It's not the spirit of God. If the Bible says all every knee will bow and confess the Messiah is Messiah, to suggest otherwise isn't the spirit of God. So what you're saying is read your word Ugh. and do what it says. And believe it. Yeah, the scripture you read, every time I hear that or read it, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that was there early in the morning. I feel like. Oh, yeah. And, and then I'm in the line to like get paid at the end of the day. And I'm seeing like these guys that are getting the wage I was promised. And I'm and I'm doing the math on, oh, I invested early. Oh, oh, that means I'm gonna get like ten, ten times that. Like I'm that guy in that scripture mm -hmm. and at the end of the line, I'll be like, oh, what? <laughs> That's me. That's my personality. Getting ticked off like, wait a second. I put in more time than those guys. This is an outrage. That's not fair. No. That's wiring. But I feel like that too. So I posted something the other day. Okay. I'm at, I'm, I'm at the store and a Christmas song came on and I smiled and I, got twirling. Warm, and I got a little warm fuzzy inside, right? And I laughed and I chuckled to myself because of that, right? And so I posted about it. And then so I was challenged, oh, you should post that. I'm going to go post that in one of these Torah community group pages because it'll just freak them all out. And so I did. And it freaked them all out. They're talking about, how, I mean, people are just posting all this horrific, ugly, godless, loveless crap my way. And I'm like, what do you think I believe? Do you think I believe, you know, that Nimrod is king? And I mean, on and on and on. And then finally, and I didn't say anything to defend myself. And then uh, the people that run this group know me pretty well. And they came in and they said, said the guy that stopped observing Christmas 41 years ago. Because the point is, like you said, Chris, I've been doing this way longer than any of these Muppets. Not only have I been doing Christianity longer than a lot of these people, I've been not doing like the Christmas and the Easter thing way longer than all these people. 
I've been dealing with the sacred name dumbasses for 30 years. And and I've been, you know, in this whole Torah thing. Anyway. So you're but, expecting more than you're going to get. Right. But I can't go in there and say, hey, dumbass. How long have you been doing this for? Three, four, five years? Congratulations. And then bitch slap him. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> I, we need like the delay and I, I'm going to be the button. Our viewership is going down. We're losing our followers. But you know what? They're only human. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never done that on this show before. God, Alan, Alan got that much money and he swears a lot. <laughs> That's good. My, that means my wage is going to be high. Oh, man. Because the guy in front of me swears a lot, and he just got paid. And he has earrings. Yeah, really bad earrings. I'm sorry. Have you seen his golf swing, God? <laughs> <laughs> it is ugly. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. I have the ugliest golf swing on earth. Well, no, what's his name has the worse one than I do, but mine is really ugly. Anyway, I apologize for saying that, but yes, I, 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 I have those moments too, where I'm like, I've been here longer than you have. Who are you to, who are you to, to question me? But anyway, you know, it's interesting more now than ever, all different podcasts, the voices are coming out to call people to obedience. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's his timing. It's we're right there. And yeah, every generation needs that, but now he's making more of an emphasis of it. That's why we go, Oh, well, he's raising up the prophetic. No, he is elevating his voice to the prophetic right now, because you know, when you talk about, uh, the elect being deceived in context that happens when the beast shows up, when the tribulation starts, Matthew 24, 15, because unbelievable deception will come with him. And he's building up now to start warning the people. You better believe you better understand because when we get to that point, it switches. And then who's left? Those that have the testimony of Jesus, those that, love not their life to the, I mean, to the end, they love, they love their life in the Lord and uh, they're holding the, the uh, Yeshua as primary. It's, oh. And that's when it gets to that point, my gosh, you talk about being shaken. You know, think about, it. you know, where it says men's hearts failing them for fear. He wasn't talking to the world of the things coming. He was talking to the believer. And uh, it's because they didn't know the truth. It wasn't, it was written to the believer in Israel, not the lost. Most of the context of what we read there is to the believer. And everybody goes, oh, no, that's, you're dealing with the lost. You're dealing with the pagan nations. No, no, no. They're, you're dealing with the believer when they're saying, uh, hide us from the face of him who's coming because they know. The unbeliever doesn't know them. They don't know his face, and uh, we read it out of context. That's that's the scary part. And when you put it in that kind of understanding, you go, "Oh my gosh, we better speak up." And if a word offends somebody, 
oh, I'm sorry, you know, peace-loving Bobby Sherman. I'm, I'm sorry I hurt your uh, feelings. Humility. You remember what King David said to the enemies? He goes, go castrate yourself. I could say another superlative, but he was tough on it. And if we use that language on the air, you'd probably get kicked off if you were to use really what he was probably saying in a slang of the day. <laughs> People don't realize that. It's uh, those themes, humility and grace. Yeah. Christ humbled himself to death on a cross. So who are we to place ourselves or our opinions in a, in a posture over others that beats them down, not rooted in love and like snatching them from the fire? There you go. And the grace piece. Yeah. God is long on grace. He's going long, all in on grace because he wants to bring all to repentance. And he's, he's, way, he's being patient with us and extending grace. Like, come on, I don't, I don't want to separate you from me eternally because of your sin. Run to me. Let go of everything that hinders and run to me, which is a lesson to us. If he's humble and long on grace, we need humility at the feet of Jesus and going long on grace with, with others and holding up scripture, but in a way that I guess this is, this is the challenge when we feel so strongly and so passionate about something, something as the word of God, and we get attacked, how, how not, how to realize as in Jesus words, if, if they're, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Like, this is an attack against me. This is an attack against him. How did I love them gracefully into the kingdom or do my best to reflect the love of Jesus when I'm being attacked? And that's uh, that in so itself is humbling. That is. That's correct. Hmm. On the leadership piece that you were talking about earlier, when is, and if you're practicing discernment, I'm sure there are those that have been situations that they need to get out from under a leader. And that, that's a, that's a fine line because you don't want to be Mo, Aaron and Aaron and Moses's sister. I was just going to say like, like, like calling them out. But yeah. then there's also like, that's a, that's a toughie. Can you, like, can you explain what you mean by that? There's, there might be people here that don't understand that, that reference. So, Mo, so, uh, Moses' sister and brother were getting right. becoming jealous. Aaron, like, Aaron who are you? Like you, yeah, Mary, Aaron, and Miriam. Well, they came at Moses because he married a Midianite woman. Mm -hmm. Which, which you, which you would be like, yeah, that is kind of you're not supposed to do, right? And so they came at him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So you have a leader operating in authority. God gave Moses authority to lead, leading him along. Then he does something that in the common, the people following would be like, wait a second. Yep. But then they took it to another level, challenging his authority. And, uh, and I love what God says. Who are you to question him? I speak with him like a man face to face. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one. I mean, cause I've been in those, some situations where there's a case to be made, yeah, that leader kind of looks like they're going off track. Yeah. 
And there's something about being unified under a leader, even when, I mean, you can think about David when in, in, in that, the, the whole Bathsheba scene, like that was a calculated plot. That wasn't like overnight. That was something. And you had people in and out of the temple courts, even the messenger he seen, he sends to give the message to the front of the, you know, the front of the battle, there would have been chatter and people talking about. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why what these people do, they can't do what they do. They can't do that because it's not cut and dry. It's not a cookie cutter formula, which completely tells us that, it, that discernment is absolutely required. Because it doesn't always look the same way every time. I mean, Moses should not have been marrying or taking a Midianite woman as his wife. But you, right? So they called him out on it and they, they got in trouble for calling him out on it because they weren't allowed, they weren't supposed to be calling him out on it because it wasn't, it's the, hey, I've been here for eight hours. What do you mean this guy just showed up? See, you have to have the discernment to know. What's going on? You have to read the room. You have to have the discernment because it's not cookie cutter. It's not always the same way. God can do whatever he wants and he does. And you better be, you know, quick on your feet. You better be with the quickness, with the discernment of the Holy Spirit to know when to say, no, that's not God. Yes, God is uh, allowing this. I mean, the Korah Moses thing, we look at it and we go, oh, that's a, that's an easy one. That's a no brainer. Really? If it was such a no-brainer, how come close to 15,000 people died because of it? Apparently, it's not that much of a no-brainer if 15,000 people could have sided with the wrong guy. Right? So, you need discernment to know when, what is what. Because God, man, is not, he doesn't, he's not a man. So what would you do if you were Aaron in that situation and you and kind of parsing it into a modern era? I would want to I would want to How would you approach Moses? Hey, would you would there be a way to do it in humility to let him explain himself? Like so how, I, what what would you do? I would want to believe that I would do it the right way and I think I would have. Then here's why I say that. Again, I'm not everyone And tell can. us what the right way would be. Okay, so I could. I should probably use Lenny as an example because Lenny was a pastor. I'm under him. They brought us in to be uh, co-pastor and prophetic leaders in Lenny's church. Lenny made some decisions and choices I didn't agree with that I didn't think were the Lord, and we spoke with Lenny and Linda about it. We didn't go public with it. We didn't shame him in front of the sheep. We, you know, what I'm saying. This, it was a private matter between my wife and his wife, me and my wife and him and his wife. And it wasn't a, um, and we served him to the very end, to the very last day as we made covenant to do. Whether we agreed or not, that's besides the point. Whether we thought it was right or wrong, that's besides the point. Would you agree? Do you remember that, Lenny? Yeah. Whereas, whereas your other people, they didn't even show up. They didn't even lift a finger. They were, they were no-shows. So, if you think Moses, if you have a question about whether Moses should be marrying a Midianite woman, you take him aside. You don't, you don't accuse him. You ask him, hey, I'm a little confused here. What's going on? 
Well, I don't agree with that, but you're the guy. Because if you're wrong, what am I going to do? That's between you and the father. That's another man's servant. It's kind of like a member uh, in the in the chosen. I think it's season one, episode seven. Why do I know that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I know it's season one, episode seven. I think uh, at the very beginning, it's a it's a it's a it's a little it's a thing between Moses and Joshua. Moses is building uh, the 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 bronze serpent, and Joshua is like, dude, there's people dying out here. What are you doing in here, working with this bronze? Why are you making a serpent? He goes, God told me to. Really? God told you to make a serpent, and this serpent is going to be used to heal the people? You think you're, do you think you're, is it possible you're not hearing him correctly? A serpent? It's a great dialogue. It's an absolute great dialogue because, yeah, think about it. You want to talk about a serpentine religion, you're going to bow to this bronze serpent that I'm going to hold up into the air with a stick. And if you bow down to this, you will be healed. Whoa. God said that, apparently. And there's this conversation between him and Joshua. And Joshua's like questioning him, going, are you sure you haven't uh, misheard him? Are you sure you're hearing God correctly? This doesn't look like God. And that's where we're going to lose 80% of you. Is you're going to, you're going to dig your, your, what is it? You're going to dig yourself into the sand. You're going to, you know, What's that? When you, your feet into the ground, you're going to plant yourself firmly in the ground and say, that's not God. That doesn't look like God. Da, 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 da. And we're going to lose 80% of you that way because you don't have discernment or you don't know the rules of engagement. You don't know the protocol. I didn't agree with Lenny. I still don't agree with what he, what he did, but I didn't, but I went to him and had the conversation with him. I didn't call him out and publicly and go, hey, eh. you know, I didn't do anything stupid like that. I kept it between us. We're, we're at, here today. And we look at us, we're here today. We're here today. Look at look at Miriam and, 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 and Aaron accused him. They didn't ask, they didn't ask a question. They didn't inquire, they accused. Right. And God said, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have any authority to talk to him like that. This is my guy. I talk to him face to face like a man. Who are you? And it's interesting. You don't hear the, you don't hear the resolve between Joshua and Moses. Joshua did what God called him to do, and Moses did what he called him to do. And Joshua submitted to Moses. Yeah, and, and it was it. You don't hear. You know, they're going. Well, what was the resolve? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I die, <laughs> go bury me on top of a mountain where nobody can find me. Yeah. When I lift up this stick and when a lightning bolt hits stick. that bronze. Serpent, and go. I can die. <laughs> Oops. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's intense. I mean, it speaks to giving your leaders grace, too, or and praying for them. Pray for your leaders. I mean, that, yeah. that includes spiritual leaders, certainly. Yeah. Does that answer? What do you think, Chris? Is that a good answer? Yeah, I mean, it's a conversation for sure. But I think it, if you try to do that in your own strength, it, it points to, yes, you need discernment yeah. and support. Because I think there would be illustrations, and maybe this was the case. Maybe Aaron and Miriam were right in the sense of, Moses, this is dangerous territory Moses is entering. And if they had approached it in a different way, 
maybe maybe Moses had been like, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? Like David did with Nathan, like, oh, and form some, maybe yeah. Moses missed an element of something that God was trying to do because of that. Yeah. And, and, and people can, conf- people confuse that whole David thing. What they don't what here's what they don't realize. What, as soon as David was confronted by Nathan, David went, Oh no. And fell on his face. The child still died. And when the child died, he got up, washed himself and moved on. Right. A righteous man falls seven times. You got to get up. Doesn't say a righteous man doesn't fall. Mm-hmm. It says that you're going to, you, you fall and you get up because you can't fall again if you're not up. See, man, you know, there's a whole thing, issue of faith there too. So, when you think about uh, Rahab the harlot, man, she wasn't part of Israel, but it was her faith yeah. that brought her in there. And it was Moses's faith and it was Joshua's faith. And we'll all know when we stand before the king. And here's that place where if someone is what we're calling about with discernment, discernment also gives you the wisdom. Like what Alan says, you go to the person in private because you're obeying Torah. That's what he said. That's how you do it. And uh, what yeah, is, what the is same time, if someone, if I was in adultery, I hope he'd kick my rear end yeah. and pull me out, drag me by the heels and say, rebuke me publicly because in the scripture calls for that. Right. There's right. So now we're in new Testament teaching. There you, you go. go. Your, you go to your brother. Then you take them to someone else. That's right. And then you then you then you reveal then you reveal it to the assembly. Why? That's right. To put fear in the assembly so that they don't sin. Right? And is does a New Testament teaching through Paul, I think, doesn't it also say you don't you don't rebuke an elder publicly? Right. You have there's protocol, there's rules of engagement. Right. You have to do the rules of engagement. These people, these people that I'm constantly griping about, yeah. they don't follow the rules. They don't even know what the rules of engagement are. They don't follow the rules of engagement. And that's why I'm going, hey, knock it off. You know, it's interesting because some would say, well, why are you with Alan? I go, I would never infringe on his call and his obedience to the Lord. And that's the difference between outright uh, um, an understanding of a person's defiling the character of God and um, their understanding of what they have to do to obey the living God. It's a hard thing. And yet at the same time, I appreciate his, what God has called him to be. And I know I look back and I look at where we're going now in my own life and his own life individually and what what's happening like on this the chameleon church here i'm seeing people getting discipled in ways that we never had a clue five years ago mm-hmm. how this is all panning out and i believe this i think i said this to alan i, I believe god's ready he's going to start sending him to places of influence and influence centers just like as he's done with as he's done with michael rude that's just the beginning and i believe that voice which is real natural and yet spiritual is going to speak to this generation like we haven't seen because the church they're stuck on themselves 
I, I and I, yeah. I, I want to be gracious. You know, I still love the church. Yeah, but it's 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 stuck on itself, and it's getting rattled, and things are going to be shaken. That he said that. And it's how we shake it. Yeah, we got to be in love. We got to do all that, but we also got to shake it too. We got to be obedient to tell when he says, "If you got to lift up that serpent, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you, you know, better the, lift up that serpent." You know those scenes where they're in battle and they're like old school when they're like actually charging and there's a guy running with the flag and he's yeah. running in front of everybody so he can the tell patriot. Him. Right. Well, the Patriots, one of them, but yeah, but yeah. For, okay. So let's use that as an example, but, but there's, yeah, there's other movies too. He's running with the flag. Cause that's, that's the, their marker. Yep. He's carrying the standard. He's a standard bearer and he's letting them know where they're at and on the line. Right. And if, and if he goes back, you got to go back. If he can, if he can go forward, you can go forward, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you don't heed those things, what happens to you on that battlefield? The gates Slaughter. of hell swallow you up. You die. Yeah. That's all we're doing here. That's all we're trying to do here. We're not trying to judge. We're not trying to judge. We're not judging you because you're a bad soldier. We're trying to keep you from dying. Now, if you take offense to that, I can't help you. We're going to go forward. And if by chance we turn around and look, and you're going help. We will go back and help you. But if you're sitting there, get, if, if if you're sitting there, if we look back and you, you're sitting there getting die and, and you're getting dead, sorry, we're not going to go back. We can't go back. Can't go back. Can't stay here. Got to go forward. The lepers. Chris, what were you going to say? I was just saying there's there's a practical principle here. That relates, I was thinking for leaders, like if you are a leader and everyone is, but it's the same. So if you are wanting to walk in community with others that are pursuing Jesus, you have to give others permission to call you, call you like, and so right. if you're, you're in a, you're deferring to a leader, sometimes that's implied. If you're a pastor in a church, it's, right. but you're actually giving them that permission. But if you are a leader. You are giving, making sure you're developing, I call it developing culture. You're, you're telling, you're giving people permission. Hey, if I get squirrely, come, come, please come talk to me. Are yep. you, or they, and it's more than just saying it. It's yep. those people have to know they have a relationship and how actually, whether it's a weekly meeting or something where, right. hey, just like, just, they have to feel like they could be heard. Yep to bring you something they have question about and a family, like if you're in your family, you know, you, uh, I'm a dad, my kids have to know, have it modeled. Like I apologize and ask forgiveness when I know when God's told me I screwed it up yeah. and they're seeing it modeled and be like, Hey, hear from God. I am just as, as liable to get off track as you. I want you to know you can ask me any question yeah. and you're not going to get shut down. And I think that's a really important thing for yeah, leaders. Yeah. And, and you see evangel evangelical church disaster stories. Oh, Oftentimes that leader did not have that. Right. Giving people permission to speak into your life and knowing you have the permission to speak into people's lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't, because people, I go, Hey man, You've never given me permission to speak into your life. I, I'm not going. I can't do that. I'm not going to go there. 
We don't mm-hmm. have that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or I apologize for saying what I just said. You've never given me permission to speak into your life. I, I retract that. I'm, I, you know, if you go, if you jumped the gun, I've done that too. Hmm. Hey, don't forget to um, like, share, subscribe, all that groovy stuff that uh, you're supposed to do on the interweb. Chris, will you pray us out? Certainly. Awesome. Father, we bless your name. God is good and does good. We rest in your promises. We submit to you and ask you to keep us humble. Yes, Father. Show us the way that we're not. Uh, I Reveal to us the ways that we are not humble. I pray that you would show us the things in our heart that keep us from extending grace to others that you extended to us. We walk in your ways. We want to walk in the light of the land of the living. We desire your favor. We desire your kingdom to reign in our hearts. So we just release everything to you. Show us today more of your beauty. We gaze at your face. We need you. We walk in your promises. We walk in your teaching. Make the word alive in our hearts and um, be with us today. We bless your name. May your kingdom come. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.